When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Eagles fans, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tone DeShields II, and I'm joined by none other than our Philadelphia Eagles insider, John McMullen. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And on top of that, make sure you check John out on Birds 365, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. And also check out the hard work he puts in on SI.com. That's SportsIllustrated.com and also JacobSports.com. So, John, it's Saturday, January 13th, two days before the Philadelphia Eagles face off against the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay in a wild card face off. And uh, things aren't looking too bright for the Philadelphia Eagles. Things are looking pretty bleak. And let's just get right into the nitty gritty here. A.J. Brown ruled out for the Eagles matchup against the Buccaneers. Please walk us through um, what went into this, how we got here. Um, what's the game plan? How are the Eagles going to pivot? Well, he sprained his MCL, so it was always going to be difficult to get back in one week's time. You always hold out hope. Um, 
you know, all hands on deck for the playoffs. Uh, there was a chance, you know, if you think about AJ's status with the team, certain guys cannot practice during the week if they're okay. You think about the extra day, Monday game, uh, maybe uh, crossing your fingers and it just didn't work out. So um, no AJ Brown. And that's obviously uh, a big blow to the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause I talk about it all the time on birth 365. If you're going to put a list of the best pure football players on the Philadelphia Eagles, um, AJ's number one, he's the best player they have. So when you lose a player like that, it, uh, it's very difficult. And the assumption is, what are you going to do? You know, Quez Watkins bumps up. Uh, is it going to be Julio Jones? Alameda is a case. Doesn't matter. There's no AJ Browns coming off the, the bench. So, um, you gotta, you gotta do it. Uh, takes a village, so to speak. You got to use 12 personnel. You got to use two tight ends. You got to hope Quez Watkins shows up uh, a little bit. Maybe Julio Jones on a pitch count, but you know, maybe you have to run the football more, which should make people in Philadelphia smile. So you got to go about things a different way. I mean, as I said, you can't replace a player like that. You know, hindsight is obviously 2020. And based off of the circumstances, the Eagles had a lot to play for in that Giants matchup. They had the division. And the Cowboys faced off against a pretty easy opponent, the Commanders. Granted, they lost to them in the final game last season. So people still held out some hope. Hence why I believe the starters ended up playing for the most part in that Giants matchup. And I I believe the report was Nick Sirianni was going to kind of play it by feel. Whatever that scoreboard said at a certain time, he would then make his move from there. But things kind of got out of hand pretty fast for the Philadelphia Eagles in that Giants matchup. And uh, your quarterback um, got hurt with a dislocated um, dislocated middle finger. You, uh, you lose one of your safeties in Sidney Brown for the remainder of the season and partially um, the upcoming season in 2024. Uh, Brent Covey is injured right now. Um, Reed Blankenship is um, injured right now. And then all of a sudden, A.J. Brown goes down with the knee. Um I have a hard time seeing uh, the light for the Philadelphia Eagles going into this matchup. <clears throat> They're already struggling, of course. But now, like you said, you're without arguably the most, uh, the best or the top pure football player on the Philadelphia Eagles, especially on offense. Um, there's a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts entering this matchup, John. Well, there's always a lot of pressure on the head coach and the quarterback. But yeah, I mean, it happens to every team. You got to persevere. You got to play a little bit differently. Um, they're not the first team to suffer injuries. Look at the Miami Dolphins this week. I mean, they lost every edge rusher they have. They have to sign guys off the street. So that's part of uh, the NFL. It's always been part of the NFL. It's a war of attrition. You get the right injury at the wrong time. It could derail anybody. Look at the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I mean, you you got to persevere. Um, and, and the positives are you're not playing the the top tier teams this week. Tampa Bay's uh, arguably the least talented team in the playoffs. Maybe you can argue Pittsburgh um, on the AFC side, but uh, it's not a world beater. So you got to find a way to win the game. You probably have to do it a little bit differently than you want to. Uh, typically, it's the first time they've had to play, ironically, without AJ since the wild card game in, in 2021, where they got blown out in Tampa 
completely different scenario. Obviously, Tom Brady and and the that Bucks team was heavily favored, uh, and they were better than the Eagles. I, I think this time the Eagles are better than the Bucks, but um, yeah, it's going to be more difficult without AJ Brown. But they're not the first team to lose somebody to an injury, and the revisionist history of oh, you can't play in in New York because of the turf. Yeah, the players hate the turf in in MetLife, but remember. The Jets play all the time on the MetLife turf. The Giants play all the time on the MetLife turf. It's not like you're going to guarantee injury. You got to play. The Eagles play there earlier in the season against the Jets. You got to play the game. And there was a chance that the the difference, you know, whether you believe that the analytic people said there was about a 12% chance that they could get the number two seed. Guess what? That's enough of a chance. Uh, the difference between the number five and the number two, you got to play, you got to play your players. So to me, that's revisionist history because certain guys got hurt. If you look at Sydney, for instance, and, and that's another thing, by the way, ACLs now are nine month injuries. Uh, they're, 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 there's no the nonsense of he's going to miss next season. Where's that coming from? Well, um, not the entire season. I, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be ready for day unless, one. Uh, yes, I would expect him to be ready in game for game one, unless there's additional damage, MCL, LCL, uh, and even then, because Sydney's so young, there's a good chance as long as you know there's successful surgery, as long as everything goes right, he's got a very good chance to be ready uh, for week one of the season. Um, you know, he's probably not going to have much of a summer, so that's impactful especially for a younger player. But anyway, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. No, no, you're fine. But uh, it's a nine-month injury these days and the advances in modern medicine. But um, in in the case of AJ, that wasn't it. In the case of Sydney, you could argue it was a turf injury. He seemed to get his foot caught and, and obviously ends up with a torn ACL. So you can maybe blame that one on the crappy MetLife turf. Um, AJ's was more of a traditional football injury. I, that could have happened at Lincoln Financial Field. Could have happened anywhere. It's bad luck. Obviously, Jalen Hurts has nothing to do with the turf. Right. Um, Reed Blankenship with a groin. You could say the surface is bad. And I know Slay hates playing on surfaces like that, but Reed's a very young player. So you can't really use that as an excuse. So you got to play the game. That's your revision. And, and, you know, again, Sydney's, yeah, maybe you could blame it on that turf. Everything else, you're you're probably exaggerating. So, you know, let's break this down, right? With AJ Brown being out, that clearly uh, influences uh, the game plan for the Philadelphia Eagles. How do you anticipate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, adjusting? Um, you know, for this um, change of events for the Philadelphia Eagles losing AJ Brown. It's a lot easier. I mean, that's the guy you, you know, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, everybody game plans uh, specifically. If you're playing, um, you know, if you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, where do you start? Start with C.D. Lamb. If you're playing the the Miami Dolphins, where do you start? Start with Tyreek Hill. Um, if you're playing the, the Minnesota Vikings, where do you start? Justin Jefferson. That's how the Eagles, that's how everybody bases the Eagles. A.J. Brown's number one on the list every week, every team. Um, that's the type of player he is. So um, it makes it easier. 
Um, no question about it. Uh, and you again, you can look at this team before AJ got here. It was more difficult. That's that's what it is. Now Devontae's um, got more experience, and he's probably more ready uh, to step up for an increased role than he was as a rookie. Um, but it's a domino effect. And again, then you start going down to Quez Watkins, Alameda, Zacchaeus, Julio Jones, whoever you want to use. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not more than that. It's common sense. You, you, you lose one of the top five wide receivers in football. You can't replace them. So you got to go about things a different way and it makes it easier for the Bucks. So have we heard any updates on Jalen Hurts' situation with the finger? Is he throwing anymore? Um, what's the latest you've seen and heard about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, he's he's ramp. He threw more um, uh, Friday than Thursday. Barely threw on Thursday. I I think you know he he had a lot of people made um, a lot out of the fact that he hadn't thrown um, since the game when he talked before practice on Thursday, well, they hadn't practiced. <laughs> I mean, you know, because it was backed up uh, and the game's on Monday, the first practice was on Thursday. So, um, yeah, of course he didn't throw, um, you know, but he was back throwing at least somewhat um, on Friday and, and today, very small portion of open practice, but they're ramping them up. There's no doubt that Jalen Hurts is going to start the game. Zero doubt. Um, the question is how effective is he going to be? Um, Dr. Jessica Flynn uh, mentioned that, you know, it's something that could affect accuracy. But um, as far as um, concern about him missing the game, no, not, not, not at all. So he'll be out there. You know, with so much uncertainty surrounding this Philadelphia Eagles team as of late, um, what's been the what's been the overall temperature going into this game? Um, you know, we've heard rumors about uh, locker room dysfunction, players feeling away about other players. We've heard all different kinds of things that could be true, could not be true. Um, only the players would know. But going into this matchup, everything that we know about the Philadelphia Eagles and everything they have experienced, losing the final, um, losing the final, uh, going one and six in their final uh, seven games or one in five in their final six games, I believe Not it is. Yeah, you're giving them – yeah, they still got a chance. Now they okay. could lose six out of seven, <laughs> five out of six. I'm not um, trying to put – I'm not trying to put that energy out there, John. But knowing what we know and what they've experienced, right, in those final six games of the season, uh, what's the what's the mojo, what's the energy in the locker room going into this game? Um, I think everybody's amped up because it's the playoffs and they understand and everybody understands now it's one and done. There's no more room for mulligans and uh, you either win or you go home and they don't want to go home. Um, as far as dysfunction, I, I don't know. I'm in the locker room three times a week, basically. I I, yeah. I don't know who's saying these things, but um, are they happy that they're losing? No, uh, nobody's happy when they lose. So Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 that's another common sense thing. Yeah. People are happy when you win. People are, tend to get a little bit frustrated when you lose. Um, but isn't it fair to say this team hasn't really responded well to the latest adversity? Well, I haven't won. Um, 
now the adversity as far as what um losing i mean i mean again you no one wants to lose we totally understand that right teams go through losing streaks all the time but this team let's let's be let's be honest about it they're better than what they've shown us the, the past six weeks and they've clearly maybe they are maybe they aren't maybe that's the problem defensively mm. they haven't been defensively that they're they're not good so i think there's this mentality that um, well, what do you think just, then? Do you think they have played their best game? Do you believe they they're they're, they're not tapping into something, or are you just looking at it as look w- w- what they show us is what we get? Well, they, they they're not playing better than they played earlier in the season because they don't have AJ Brown. So, I mean, um, you know, there's been some attrition since then, some injuries on defense as well. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, they're just not good. So. You know, if you look back to last year when they probably had the best roster in football, and I think a lot of people have said, well, they got the best roster in football again. No, they don't. No, they don't. And, and you know, mostly the issues are defensively, um, but they're significant. Um, and so, you know, the expectations, which we've talked about since very early in the season, were probably in hindsight unrealistic, um, and the assumption is on last year, and this isn't last year, and and you know they had the number three offense last year, the number two defense, and they're about, I think, twelve yards away from having the number one defense. Um, they're they're not that team, so I think a lot of people are thinking back to last year, so. Doesn't mean they can't win a playoff game. Doesn't they're certainly better than Tampa Bay from a talent perspective. But if you look at at San Francisco, if you look at Dallas, if you look at Detroit, if you look at Baltimore, um, they don't have a better roster than those teams. Okay, so let's so, so let's kind of go through it, right? Let's kind of go position group by position group and kind of see who has who has the edge here. So. Philadelphia Eagles, right? Let's start with their offensive line. Eagles offensive line versus uh, the, Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line. Who has the edge there in your opinion? Uh, Eagles. Eagles uh, usually always have the edge there. And, uh, yeah, no difference today. No difference Monday. Um, but, again, the ball, you know, I'm not talking about Tampa. Um, Tampa might be the least talented team, as I said, in the playoffs. Um, you maybe can argue Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, the Eagles have more talent than Tampa. There's no question about that. Um, the question is, you know, for the people that had these grandiose expectations and assumed they had more talent than San Francisco or Dallas or Baltimore, as I said, or even maybe Detroit and a couple other teams, that, that is where I'm, that, that's, that's incorrect. So where does Tampa have the edge over the Philadelphia Eagles if there is one? Or I mean, I, I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker room and I say uh, Eagles have nothing to trump that or even come close to that. Well, uh, Tampa Bay, um, you, you know, Devin White's an interesting player because I've talked about him for years because he was a top, <clears throat> excuse me, a top five pick maybe. Mm-hmm. Um not very good. Um, he he 
um, he had when they won the Super Bowl, he had a great, great run in the playoffs. Uh, he has sort of um, carried that throughout his career, and people remember it and think he's a great player because of where he was drafted. Um, he's not. Um, and Tampa Bay benched him at one point this year. Certainly not going to be back. Uh, mm. Certainly not going to get the money. Um, Levante David is the veteran. You know, very. I got to look up how old Levante. He's the much better of the two linebackers, um, and he's solid. Certainly better than any linebacker the Eagles have. Yeah, Levante um, is uh, thirty-three years old. Um, yeah. Has been with Tampa Bay his entire career from 2012 up until now. Yeah, he he's he's a really solid player, but he's not overly um, he's not a superstar um, hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Now, Devin White, I was looking. It, it, so PFF grades 83 linebackers this year. Mm-hmm. Devin White is 81st of 83. Wow. So it's it, it, it's fair to say the Eagles are catching them when their linebackers are on the downside or having not one of their greater Well, in, in the case of Devin, take out the, the 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 run in the playoffs is what I'm talking about. So this is his fifth year, right? 68 of 90, 62 of 83, 79 of 86, 74 of 81, 81 of 83. And what was he's that? Never, he's and what was never that been a good year? Player. He's never been a good player. But even in Super Bowl year, that's the right. point. He right. played poorly in the regular season and then sort of had this weird anomaly of a run where he's making plays in the playoffs. And, you know, physically, you know, he could run. He's extremely fast. He's extremely athletic. But if you talk to people in Tampa, and I've talked to him a lot, I mean, he's just, he has no football instincts. He overruns plays. So this assumption, a lot of people wanted him. I'm like, you don't want Tevin White. Wow. There's been a whole narrative. That's that's fascinating. There's been a whole narrative. I would try to talk. I would try to talk Jody off the ledge. He won't believe me. You can't play. You think he's all all name more so. All name and no flash. All name. All name. Wow. Can't, Can't even play. By far. So Nick Morrow and, and, and Zach Cunningham have played better than Devin White. By far. Wow. Not even that close. Be, that might be the hot take of the week. It's not a hot oh. take. It's not even remotely and, a hot take. The guy can't play. Everybody knows it in Tampa. He wow. can't play. No, the reason I say it's a hot take, but clear because clearly there's a misconception. And that goes that goes into your point about Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the, the fan base, they focus on their team and not too closely on what he's actually doing on a week-to-week basis. And based off everything you're saying, Devin White might be one of the most overrated linebackers in the NFL. He's, he's as I said, he's 81 of 83. Not not one of the most, the most overrated. Uh, 81 of 83, 79 of 81 as a run defender. He's 30 of 59 as a pass defender because he does have some athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, as a pass rusher, excuse me, 30 of 59. And he's also got a poor coverage grade, 59 of 79. Okay. He's just not, he's, man, I mean, that is one of my pet peeves because the guy hasn't played well at all through his entire career, except for that playoff run. Um, now, 
on the other end of the spectrum, Antoine Winfield Jr., that's the guy you should be talking about. Okay, let's go there. Let's go there then. Antoine Winfield uh, Jr., uh, dude's 25 years old. Young guy's been in the league for, what, four years now? Yeah, this is his fourth, this is his fourth season. Um, dude is one of the better safeties in the NFL. Played all 17 games this year. Um, arguably had a career year, three interceptions, uh, six sacks on the season, six forced, fumbles, six forced fumbles, uh, 12 pass deflections. This is clearly the guy that Eagles need to be watching. So walk me through um, how the Philadelphia Eagles navigate a guy like Antoine Winfield on the field. Or what can they do to try to um, either avoid him or limit his impact? Well, he's he's been um, the best safety or if not the best safety in football right there with Kyle Hamilton of Baltimore. Um, and you talk about a guy who, um, you know, maybe a little bit, he's a second round pick. I pat myself on the back because I got Antoine Wright. People asked me in that draft, I said, who's your guy? Not top 10 picks, but who's your guy? And I said, Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be a hell of a player. One, I knew his dad. So I knew the fundamentals were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has just exceeded expectations. I talked about Devin White. Last three years for Antoine Winfield Jr., second of 92 safeties, 10th of 88, number one this year of 99. This guy can flat out play. He can do everything. He plays in the box. He plays in the slot. He can play some corner. He plays mainly um, in in the post. Um, yeah, he's great, great player. Um, and you know, the good news is safeties um, tend not to be game wreckers because they can't be by the nature. The game wreckers tend to be defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's one positive. It's ironic because his dad, everybody remembers the Joe Webb game. Um, and and uh, when Joe Webb beat the Eagles and everybody cringes uh, about that game, if you look back, it wasn't the Joe Webb game. It was the Antoine Winfield game. Antoine <laughs> Winfield Sr., who just destroyed um, Michael Vick and the Eagles uh, from the slot. Um, yeah. So, But you rarely see that. That's one of the few games I can actually point to and said, hey, you know what? A defensive back wrecked the game. Um, you can do it with pick sixes, Deron Bland having a big season. But you know, there's only so much you can do, but he's really good. If you give him the opportunity, he's going to make plays. Um, he's the best player. He's the AJ Brown of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's their best player. He's their wow. best, best pure football player. Mm. Okay. So Jalen hurts, obviously with the finger thro- throwing is definitely going to be impacted. Throwing may be limited. How do you anticipate this Ty Bowles-led defense to uh, make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable? We already know that <clears throat> this team struggles to pick up the blitz and you know, from a coaching perspective, from an O-line perspective. However you want to slice it, this team is just not responding well to the blitz. Jalen Hurts clearly isn't responding well. Um, along with that, um, how else do you expect Ty Bowles um, to get this Philadelphia Eagles team, get this Philadelphia Eagles offense off the field on a regular basis? Well, and, the, you know, that Todd's probably the guy who – best told people how to handle Jalen Hurts early on from that playoff game in 2021. Back then it was about blitzing him and getting him out of the pocket to the left. You want him to flush left. 
instead of flushing rights where he can make more plays. Uh, and he did a tremendous job penning him in. It's easier said than done, though. Um, I imagine he's going to do the same type of thing. Um, certainly going to blitz third blitz percentage behind Brian Flores and Wink Martindale. So he blitzes against everybody. That's not going to change against a team that struggles uh, with it, as you mentioned. And the Eagles certainly do. Um you know, maybe a silver lining to losing A.J. Brown. The Eagles seem to have become uh, a little beholden to the explosive play. And instead of taking, you know, those easy completions, throwing behind the blitz, um, they, you know, think they can make big plays when A.J. and Devontae and Dallas are on the field. Maybe they, they'll start to realize, hey, you know what? We don't have that capability, so maybe they scale it back from that perspective and say, all right, we'll take five yards here, five yards here. So could could work in that aspect and, and settle them down and say, you know, we got to be more focused in and not reliant on just great players making uh, great plays. Who do you think going into this game is poised to have a big game on offense for the Philadelphia Eagles, especially with A.J. Brown being out? Well, I would I would point towards Devontae, but I don't know how healthy Devontae is. Like everybody's kind of forgotten Devontae hasn't played since he sprained his ankle. Um and you know, he's gonna play, obviously. And you know, he said he would have played last week if it were a playoff. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details game um but i i gotta see how healthy he is so Devonte obviously would be number one if not then you have to go to deandre swift it's got to be a, a big deandre swift game not only as a runner but also as a uh, as a passer because uh, he's got a, a a pass catcher because he's got to <clears throat> up his game in that aspect of it and you got to look for different avenues um, you know, Quez cut a lot of passes against the Giants, but that was more of, you know, a, after AJ got hurt and, um, Devontae Smith wasn't in the game. So somebody had to catch passes and it ended up being Quez Watkins. But if you see a steady diet to Quez Watkins or Alameda Zacchaeus or Julio Jones, it's probably not a good thing. Hmm. You know, Dallas Goddard, you would think this is a situation where he should be able to step up and get plenty of opportunities. Um, you mentioned earlier we might see more 12 personnel, um, you know, two tight ends on the field. Um, how do you think the Philadelphia Eagles have fared using 12 personnel this season? I don't I don't know if they've used it as much as they normally have in the past. What's your thoughts on that? <clears throat> no, they've used it pretty much the same. I okay. mean, since Nick's gotten here, percentage-wise, 11 versus 12. Um, have they become less effective in that? In that, in that personnel grouping this season? Not not in the losing streak. They've been more effective in 12 than 11. Um, and Jalen Hurts specifically has been a, 
a very has been a better passer in 12 than 11. Um, so, but I mean, part of that is, well, a couple things about that. Remember, the more you use it, the more it is, it's exposed. So you can't just say, oh, use it 30% of the time. It's effective. So use it 70% of the time. Right, then, right. then, it's effective for know, a reason because of the rate you use it. Exactly. So right. I think people kind of forget that a lot. And, you know, again, we're talking about the best safety in football or the second best safety in football. So do you really want to focus? Hey, let's go attack him. Um, you know, with the tight ends and, and things of that nature, probably not the way to go this week. Um, so you also have to look at the opponent as well. I, I want to steer clear of Antoine Winfield as much as possible. Um, and, and they don't have great corners. So, um, you know, that's a better matchup, certainly than it would be in the middle of the field. Um, although their opposite safety isn't very good. It's, uh, you know, they've tried different guys. Ian McCollum, who's the brother of Tristan McCollum uh, of the Eagles, hasn't played that well. Ryan Neal hasn't played that well. So, um, you know, they have some issues. I mean, they're they're only the interesting thing about the Bucs. They're, they're the 23rd ranked defense. And this is where Todd Bowles comes in. Um, but they're seventh in giving up points. So they've been sort of a bend, but don't break defense. Um, and that means you're going to have opportunities. And if you execute um, in the red zone, you're going to have chances to, to score some points. So um, it's an interesting matchup. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking at Antoine Winfield's stats, and I, mean, I mentioned he has six sacks earlier. He looks like the primary DB that they blitz um, nine times out of ten. Um, is it fair to say that where, wherever he is, if he, if he gets close to that line of scrimmage, just, just be mindful of what's going on behind him because, you, you know, you may have something there? Yeah, I mean, he's great at everything. I mentioned his, his, his ranking. He's number one of 99 safeties uh, by PFF. He's, he's number one in pass rushing. Uh, so, you know, he's a great blitzer. Uh, he's eighth in coverage. So he's a top 10 coverage safety. Mm. And he's first in run support. I mean, there's no weakness to it. He's so game. complete. Yeah, he, he's complete. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, so where, so where, so where do the Philadelphia Eagles attack this defense? I know, I know you mentioned the linebackers obviously being an overrated group. Um, Levante David is obviously older, but still the better guy. They got this kid named Yaya Diaby, who's pretty good, lead, lighter team in sacks. How do you? Where do you think this Philadelphia Eagles team is going to attack uh, Tampa Bay on defense? Um, yeah, I well, and that's where it hurts not having AJ because I think you can attack him outside the numbers. They're not very good. Um, you know, Jamal Dean is their best corner. Um, he's been in and out. He's not tremendous. Um, he's better, way better um, run support player, which is rare than a coverage player. So they're not very good at corner. Um, you know, you mentioned the pass rush. Shaq Barrett is always the guy you're worried about. And, um, you know, they're not as good as they once were. Uh, Joe Tryon 
is not turned into the player that I think they would have hoped. You know, Vita's great, but he's limited, uh, you know, as a run stopper. Um, Kalijah Kansi is a guy um, who can create some ha- havoc, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in the middle as a pass rusher, but he's really undersized, so you could take advantage of him uh, in the run game. So there's plenty of holes. Um, I don't know if the Eagles are ready to take advantage of them, but I, I would lean on the Eagles' offensive line and say, you know what? I mean, that, that's what I was going to ask you. In the in their present state, right? Obviously, AJ Brown is not playing. In their present state, where would they be better served take in taking advantage of this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense? <clears throat> I w- I would let I you see it, the problem is you can't change in week eighteen. Right. Week 19, this is. But if you could, what would you do if you could? Well, you can't. That's that's my whole point. If you don't practice it, you can't play it. That's true. So you have to be true to yourself. So, I mean, the Eagles are an RPO team, and I, I, you know, call a lot of zone runs, maybe take it off. um, And Jalen Hurts' plate um, and, you know, maybe sell it as dislocated finger. and do a lot of inside and outside zone, but you can't just hold it. You know, I know a lot of people just want to hand the ball off traditionally. They don't do that. So it's like, you know, that's not how the offense is built, but you can run inside zone, outside zone. And that's why I brought up DeAndre Swift. Now, DeAndre Swift had a, had a nice season, but you know, he's not a superstar. So you ha- also have to see, you know, does he have it? early in the game. And if you want to run the football, it's great. It's great to say it. It's great to say it on the air here, but if you don't get the lead, it's hard to run the ball. Um, So if you're down 10, nothing, it's hard to run the ball. You got to be very disciplined. If you're down three scores, you don't want to run the ball. So, you know, it would behoove the Eagles, and and obviously the Eagles are built this way. Most teams are built this way to play from the lead. They want to play with the lead, but the Eagles even more so because um, it'll er- erase some of the issues they have on defense. Um, but again, we're talking about the Eagles' offense. Everybody talks about the Eagles' offense, right? And I want to transition to the defense. I'm glad you're there because you know this defense. Um. We, we all we all know the story about it. They are the weakness. They are the reason for a lot of these L's. Um, but I want to get you. I want to get you feel on this, right? On that defensive side, who do you think it begins and ends with? Obviously, D, obviously the D line is at the forefront. But which player in particular do you think has to? Um, another, you know, to put it plainly, has to wake up and have uh, one of their better games of the season in order for things to work out for that defense. Who does it begin <laughs> and end with? <laughs> that's a good question um i'm glad that was a good question john i you know sometimes you know i don't want you know you're a smart guy and i want to continue to stimulate your mind man i don't you know i don't want to ask you i don't want to throw you these lot you know these lives man i want to hit you with a curveball well, they, don't, you think they, of don't, it a bit. they don't they don't have um you know they don't have anything to set their watch to on defense their best defensive player is Jalen Carter. And, you know, he hit the rookie wall, whatever week you want to point to. And, you know, 
you, you got to get to the offseason. You got to impress on him. Got to work on the conditioning. He's got to play more snaps. Uh, you got to be ready for it. And that's something he's not the only rookie that's happened to. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. He's still a dominant player. Um, he's their most talented defender by by a wide margin, um, which is, you know, you, you probably don't want to be saying that as a rookie, but that's where they are. And then, you know, Hassan Reddick is the one guy that can wreck a game, and you saw that in the NFC Championship game. You haven't seen it this year. Um, you know, I guess you can cross your fingers and hope he wrecks the game. Um, other than that, I mean, sober lining Avante Maxson, despite Nick Sirianni today, went overboard trying to protect a competitive advantage. He's going to start at safety um, opposite um, Kevin Bayard. If you want to look at that, maybe it brings you a little bit more athleticism um, in the back end because they need I've been talking about it. So maybe you kick Bradbury inside, put Calais Ringo on the field. You have more speed, at least, um, on the defense. Maybe that help, helps a little bit. Um, but and, and does that potentially limit the real estate that Bradbury has to, has to cater to? Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, my concern isn't that. It's, right. it's you know, James hasn't had a great year, but – you're not moving them inside to limit the real estate. You're moving them inside because you have to. <laughs> you know, because um, I, I guess in my mind, I looked at it as you want to get your best defenders on the field, right? Obviously moving Maddox to the safety end. See, I thought they would keep Bradbury <clears throat> on the outside and bring in Bradley Roby in the slot. It's possible. It's possible they could do that. Remember, they've been playing since Matt Patricia – They've been playing a lot of dime as well, um, and and it has been Bradbury and and uh, Avante Maddox inside. Um, in the case Slay is going to be back, so that helps. We should mention mm -hmm. that. So in in this game, it would be Slay and probably Ringo outside in those situations. Bradbury and Roby inside. So I do expect Brad Bradley to play some. And they could. If they don't want to play the rookie, um, they could get, do it that way, as uh, you mentioned. Keep Bradbury outside, play Roby in the slot. Um, and maybe they will go. Maybe they will lean on veteran experience. Um, I like Ringo. Um, I, think, I think he's got a chance to be a good player. You know, I think it was – he didn't play well in training camp. They didn't play him, obviously, until they had to play him, and they threw him into the deep end of the pool. And he, guess what? He held up pretty well to the point that I was getting frustrated. They were rotating him with, with Ricks uh, because he was playing much better. Um, and, you know, some people, maybe they're not great practice players, but they're good game players. I'm starting to get that feeling with uh, Kaylee a little bit. He's a great special teams player as well. Um, I don't want to overstate it, but I like his speed on the field. That's the way I would go. But they might lean towards what you said. They might not want to put a rookie on the field in the playoffs. 
yeah, outside outside of him being a rookie, right? Where are his limitations? You say you like his speed, you like the athleticism out there. <clears throat> um, obviously he's a rookie, but just he's really physical too. You don't see corners come into the league as physical as he is. Like that's mm-hmm. one of my issues with Eli. Eli's a pretty good coverage player, but he's so bad in run support. It's tough to keep him out there. Um, Ringo really puts his head in there and and really makes it difficult as a run support player, which is underrated part of playing defensive back. And going back to Antoine Winfield, his father is the best tackling corner I've ever seen. He was a cornerback and a junior as a safety. Um, very rarely do you see guys who are good in run support. Ringo's been pretty pretty darn good. Um, and you know. I don't think it could hurt up in that athleticism. And I kind of felt, you know, that that was the whole plan that, you know, Reed's had a a good season, Reed Blankenship, but he's not the most athletic guy. Um, And and that might be a silver lining as well to get more athleticism because Bayard at this stage isn't the most athletic guy as well. So Abante Jr. Moving Maddox back there gives you more athleticism on the back yeah. end. Put a ring going outside gives you more athleticism on the outside. Um, yeah. this, These are not positions you want to be in, but of course I'm not. Looking, of course, I'm looking for for silver linings uh, and maybe <laughs> maybe oh, a little un- more athletic. That's unlike you, John. Looking for the silver yeah. lining, man. That's unlike you. Well, not necessarily. I I look <laughs> at things logically and I say, well, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing. Because these guys can run and the other guys can't run. In your world, the NFL is about running. It is about speed, speed, speed. In your world, is is there ever a right or wrong time for logic? No, logic is always. It's always the right time for logic. Always, (laughs) always. You you must be a killer. Drives me me crazy when people are illogical. You must be a killer at parties, John. They must love you. Yeah, people, uh, yeah, well, some people do, some people don't. <laughs> oh, man, John, I'm enjoying myself right now. All right, let's begin to close the show out. So, um, again, you know, the, the, this matchup is coming coming up when the Philadelphia Eagles are not playing their best football. They have some key injuries at some key spots. You mentioned earlier at the top of the show, A.J. Brown being out, and um, the, there is a chance, <clears throat> a strong chance, actually, that he can play next week if they get to that point. Um, but that all remains to be seen. So, John, this is going to be the last. This is going to be the last time we speak to you until we have you on the pre and post game show uh, there at Ocean Casino. You're going to be coming live from uh, Raymond James uh, Field. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Hopefully, if I get there. <laughs> all right. So, uh, today, um, let's see if we can lock a prediction in for you. Um, how do you think? This, how do you see this game um, panning out? Boy, um, hadn't thought it, you know, early in the week. Use that logic, very, John. Use I that logic. Very, early in the week, I was very confident the Eagles were going to win this game. Um, and then the injury stuff started to unfold in a negative direction. Um, I don't it, 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 I don't like the Bucs a little bit, other than Antoine. I don't like the Bucs a little bit. I don't think Baker Mayfield is dangerous. Um I don't think 
they're running it. Rashad White's an okay player, but he's a move the chains guy. He's not an explosive guy. Uh, Mike Evans can play. We all know that. The offensive line was once great when, when Tom Brady was there, but now it's uh, Tristan Wirfs and a bunch of guys. Um, yeah, I, I don't like Tampa Bay a little bit. Um, defensively, I mentioned some of the issues they have. Uh, can I pick a tie? No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, my um, God, John. I, 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 I am now leaning towards uh, Tampa because A.J. has – is not going to play. And I think that's devastating. As I mentioned, I think he's the best pure football player on the Eagles. Um, probably very close game though. You know, field goal might do it. And obviously the Eagles are the better field goal kicker on top of it. Um, obviously Jake Elliott had a tremendous, tremendous season, but home game. Um, Todd Bowles tends to, um, adjust uh, pretty well second time seeing an opponent, even though these teams are so drastically different from the first time they met. Um, is Jalen going to figure out how to pick up the blitz or the Eagles, whoever you want to bl- blame it on. I know a lot of people don't want to blame it on Jalen. Are the, is the Eagles coaching staff, is the Eagles offensive line, they're going to figure out Todd Bowles' blitz? Probably not. You're going to see a lot of flushing left, flushing right, plays killed. Um, Bucks win a close game 20, 23, 21. Mm, 23, 21 or 2023? 20, 23, let's go 23, 20, 23, 20. 23, 20. Okay, JM. Um, it's funny. Whenever I do predictions, I never pick against the Philadelphia Eagles. Never. And I'm, I'm 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 pretty sure that's not a shocker to you. That's not. It's <laughs> not logical. Sure. It's not logical. I, I know, I know, but I've been pretty logical these past uh, several weeks with everything going on. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I want to lean on my logic or if, or if I want to lean on um, my emotions here, and that's the part that I struggle with, John. That's that's your gift. That's where you've been blessed. That you you have no emotions tied into this stuff, unlike myself. Uh, so help me out here, John. Sh- should I really just lean solely on logic? Is there any chance? Um, oh, there's great. Chance. Like I said, the chances the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I said it from the start. It wasn't about the, the, the Eagles when I was picking the Eagles earlier in the week. Mm. Um, it was about Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just not good. They're not a good team. They're an average team. They won a very bad division. Um, they, they, they finished nine and eight. Um, they're, and that's what they are. They're average. Um, they needed a win to get into the playoffs. They got it, but they they beat the worst team in football, Carolina, with two wins. I think Baker had 137 passing yards. Uh, they had two touchdowns called back. The Panthers, um, they're not good. They have the, let me see, the 23rd ranked, they're very consistent. They have the 23rd ranked offense and the 23rd ranked defense. Mm. Um, 29th and pass defense, as I mentioned, the corners aren't good. Um, now here's the biggest issue. You want the biggest issue. And this has been the biggest issue for the Eagles offense all year. Mm -hmm. The Eagles are minus 10 in turnovers last year. They were plus eight third in the league. 
that's been the big difference. Yeah. Um, the box on the other hand are plus eight this year. Um, so if the Eagles play a clean game, can they play a clean game? They'll probably win it, but I don't know if they can play a clean game, especially with Jalen Hurts dealing with a finger. Might see a fumble, you know, a little bit less accuracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's either way. A good football team is not winning this game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, John? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with my emotions here. I'm going to go with my emotions here. And I'm going to fully admit that my logic is picking the Bucks to win this game. My logic, my emotions, my heart, my Philadelphia spirit is picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game. So I have the Eagles winning this game. I'll say they win. Twenty-four, twenty-three. I think it's going to be a situation. Twenty-three. Quest Watkins is going to win it, baby. Ah, that's that's actually not how I had it going. I I think what's going to happen is I think there's going to be a situation where the Philadelphia Eagles are down uh, in the fourth quarter, seventeen to twenty-three, and uh, they score a go-ahead touchdown. And somehow, some way, maybe it's a Britain Britain Covey punt return. Right, puts them in position to score quickly. Um, take some time off the clock. Buccaneers get the ball back in the final two minutes, and Baker Mayfield uh, is strip sacked, and uh, the Eagles close. Well, the that game out. that I could definitely see happen. Baker right. getting so, strip sacked. Yeah, I think I, I think that's how it ends up. Eagles win 24-23. They're down 17-23 in the fourth. They go ahead. Uh, they, they, they scored a go-ahead touchdown, putting them up 24-23. Bucks so get the ball back. you never picked the Eagles to lose a game. Is that what we're saying, Tom? <laughs> yeah. What are we that's doing ex- here? That's exactly what we're saying. What are we doing that's, here, man? Ex- Listen, I'm fully transparent. Are right? you, so you're telling me if the Eagles win this game 24-23, uh-huh. Right, and we're going into divisional round. Right. And let's say let's say Dallas wins, Detroit wins. So it's all chalk. Uh-huh. So then it will be Eagles at San Francisco. You're going to tell me you're going to pick the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles to beat the San Francisco 49ers? Well, this is what we're going to do, John. We're going to wait till we, we're going to wait till we get there, and then we're going to have this exact same conversation. And I want to let you know if I'm going with my heart or if I'm going with the logic. We're going to do that. How about that? It's a date, right? I'm going to grade you down. I'm I'm the PFF grades (laughs) analyst. I'm going to grade you down. Well, here's the thing. I I don't really consider myself an analyst. I'm more so consider myself an enthusiast. So um, I'll roll with that. I'll roll with that, John. So uh, Eagles win uh, 24-23. Like I said, they're down 17-23 in the fourth. They they score the go-ahead touchdown. Buccaneers get the ball back in the final two minutes. And... um, Baker Mayfield drops back. They're somewhere near mid, uh, somewhere near midfield. He drops back. I don't know how much back. credibility we can give you when he picked the Eagles to go seventeen and zero. Oh no, I didn't have him going seventeen and zero. That, that's just not true. I had him going twelve and five on the season. All right, um, well, there we and, go. Yeah, so yeah, did yeah, I. Yeah. That's where yeah. I had them twelve and five. I, I, I had them twelve and five, and like you and Jody do, you guys give or take a, a game or so. Yeah, I went no. down to eleven, so I and, got it. And I, I went up. 
and I went up to 13. Jody went up as well. Uh, so, I went down. Yeah, and that's probably that probably was your logic talking. But I definitely had the Eagles losing some games this year for sure. So see, here's this is what I do, right? I pick. But in I the moment you pick, in the moment you always pick them, though. In of the moment, of course, of course, because at the end of the day, my prediction doesn't change the outcome. Now, do you think? Let me let me ask you that because I get. Do you think anything you do has an impact on the Eagles winning or losing? Absolutely not on a game day. Absolutely, a lot not. of fans. A lot of fans believe. You know, I mean, you, I I thought that when I was like twelve, but like yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, as you, you know, Jason go, Kelsey did that uh, spot on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie uh, thought everything he did impacted the Eagles winning or losing. A lot yeah, of fans nah. are like that. Nah, nah, not anymore, at least. Um, because I've seen superstition. I've seen it work both ways. I've seen it work in such a way where I do the exact same thing and they win and I do the exact same thing and they lose. So I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. I, I, I lost that gene when I was when I was a kid. Um, but overall, though. Uh, I typically predict the wins and losses, and then in the moment when the game is like a day before the game, I say, "Oh, they'll, they'll find a way. They'll, they'll find, a, find way. a way. They'll <laughs> find a way to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They might. Twenty-four, uh, twenty-three is the epitome of finding a way." But John, let's close the show, man. I appreciate you having some fun with me in the final few minutes. Uh, make sure you guys smash that like button, and also make sure you guys are engaged on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. So make sure you guys are subscribed as well. Um, make sure you guys check John out on SI.com, the sportsillustrator.com, and jacobsports.com. Does an amazing job covering the Philadelphia Eagles for us and uh, one of the best in the biz and one of the most uh, objective, uh, one of the most logical writers out there that's going to mm -hmm. give it to you uh, straight no chaser. Um, make sure you guys also check him out on Birds, three, uh, Birds 365 with his partner in crime. Jody McDonald, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And also check them out on the Jacob Sports uh, Malamut Law pregame show and the Pond Lee Hockey postgame show as well. He does an amazing job covering your birds on and off the road. John, that's it for us, man. Eagles fans, smash that like button. You were locked in on Football 24-7 with John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tony DeShows the second, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and fly Eagles fly. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Metson Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500, or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mess and Associates.